0: I come kind of by that naturally. I'll explain. You always see me sometimes close a door or something. My grandpa, dad's dad I remember him moving twice, three times, and we'd help him move. And the first thing that he would do, he would move to a new, new land. He was a peanut farmer in Holdenville first thing he would do is he would cut down every tree that was around the house now I love trees and I never could understand that until I asked him as a teenager one day I said grandpa why do you why do you cut down all the trees and shrubs around the house and he said I just want to see if someone's sneaking up on me (laughs) I guess I got that from grandpa I don't know I've looked forward to this particular beatitude from the beginning of our study um, for various reasons, but I think for me personally, uh, I've, I've looked forward to it because I think that what Jesus says here about peacemakers is actually how the world and those around us can see that there's a difference in our lives. And I'll illustrate that here in just a moment. If you notice in my title, I say calming the troubled around us, not troubles. We can't do anything about the troubles that are around us. But we can do something about those who are troubled around us. And it's within our ability, as Jesus points out, to bring peace to any given situation. I like this particular one because for me, it involves pretty much every aspect of our, our lives. This is going to entail this morning, and I hope to unfold it, um, I I cooked an onion last night on a new dish I experimented with. So I was unfolding. I was unpeeling the onion and unfolding it. You know, unpeeling an onion or peeling an onion sometimes brings tears to your eyes. But man, when it's done right, it just adds such flavor to your dish. And I have a new one. I'll bring one of these times. I was very proud of it. So proud that I shared it with no one. I ate it all out of the skillet. (laughs) This particular Beatitude involves what we are, character-wise, what we are. And I'll show that. It also involves, because of what we are, how we act. And because of how we act, it necessarily means that we should see what we leave behind us. Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers makers of peace and this is the key they're the ones who will be called the children of God now going back to the beginning of this chapter if you recall the multitudes were gathering and and Jesus was there they were coming to Jesus and what's interesting is that um though we imagine that he was teaching to everyone, the language actually says that when he saw the multitudes, in this section, it says he turned and to teach or to speak to the disciples at that point. So I, I, I imagine and I think, what did he see in that multitude's heart that they needed? And what did he see that if they had it, they would find a blessedness in their life. And here we have blessed, he tells the disciples, blessed are the peacemakers. I'm sure that the multitude was no different than we are. I'm sure that they had things in their lives, people in their lives, situation in their lives that would actually rob peace. But what he was telling his disciples was this you have the ability to be a peacemaker you can do something about that and as we'll see toward the end that carries on down to us and how we live but we can't we we can't live that way if we're not that way and so while it entails our heart, it also entails our ethic, our behavior, and everything. So let's begin and look at, first of all, um, what is the opposite of a peacemaker, one who makes peace? Well, we, unfortunately, we all have been familiar with, or perhaps we have been guilty of, being an agitator. We agitate. Uh, We instigate, we argue, we're a troublemaker. You tell me how enjoyable it is to go to work and you always have someone there that is just drama all the time. They bring problems, it's difficult, you don't enjoy it. They are not a maker of peace. They're a maker of confusion or things of that sort. But on the other hand, a maker of peace is uh, let's think in this way between countries or between empires, they would send an an envoy or an envoy, and the purpose of that envoy was to go and try to get peace between nations. sometimes you need a liaison between countries you need someone that can you know, smooth the rough edges between, uh, let's say, two distinct countries. Sometimes in a ball game, you need a referee that will actually calm things down. If need be, kick somebody out, but call the rules and follow them. Spiritually, we know that a maker of peace is called a mediator. And that is Jesus Christ, who is also called an intercessor, all right? So so a maker of peace, a peacemaker is one who does not cause trouble, does not instigate, does not bring anger to the table. A peacemaker or a maker of peace is someone that does just the opposite. And that's why I say calming the troubled around us. Here's something we also know. You've got a big pot of soup or sometimes, no, not soup. That's not all that dangerous. But sometimes you can be boiling something. And if you don't watch it and you're not careful, that that will boil completely over everything. All you have to do is just turn down the fire. Walk over to the stove and just turn down the fire. It's completely in your control. Being a maker of peace is completely in each of our lives' control. We have the ability to do that. Now, to unfold this or lay, lay it back, I want to first of all look at how we can become makers of peace. Well, let's first look at God. Now, unfortunately, unfortunately many people have the idea that God is vengeful, God is vindictive, but in reality, the scriptures attest that he is truly the first maker of peace. Remember Adam and Eve? They sinned, they failed, but it was God who provided the sacrifice, even though they had to suffer the consequences. It was God who provided the sacrifice for him, and in fact, the scriptures say, Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, he says, understand this, God is not the author of confusion. He is the author of peace. So God is our source of trying to understand, not only by knowledge, not only what the scripture says, but how to, how to have or be a maker of peace in our own lives, The Apostle John, toward the end of his life, wrote this. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us first. He came to us, a maker of peace. Because when he offered his son, he sent his son to become a sacrifice for us, What he's actually doing is he's offering us a savior. He's offering us a a defender, you know, Jesus Christ. He's offering us forgiveness, which we'll see a little bit later. And he's offering us, if we get all that, we find peace. And that came from God. And God did it first. Therefore, that's why I like to look at God first. But I don't want to stay there because from God now we're going to look at Jesus Christ with this this heading. As the Father is, so is the Son. Meaning that if God is a maker of peace to humanity and mankind and offers mercy and grace, then it stands to reason that his Son would do the same. And that's exactly what we read And we come to understand about Jesus Christ. Book of Luke starts out. Through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet in the way of peace. Luke was writing about the coming of Jesus Christ and which later even the angels testified to that. Remember what they sang to the shepherd? They proclaimed glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward man. As the father is, so is the son. In fact, Jesus testifies that there is no division between what the Father wants, what His Heavenly Father wants, and what He will do. Early on, He told His mother and Father, Why are you trying? I must be about my Father's business. So that's why I think it's a safe move as we go through this reasoning that as God is, so is Jesus Christ. In fact, Jesus says, What the Son sees the Father do. Whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner, John 5. He also continues that discussion, and he says, Because I seek what my Father does, because I don't seek my own will, but I seek the will of the Father who sent me. And he who sent me is with me, for I always do those things that please him. Why? Why? He says later, because I and my Father are one. So, blessed are the makers of peace. Blessed are the makers of peace. God is a maker and an offerer of peace. And when Jesus Christ came, he did nothing different but exactly the same thing. That's what his heavenly Father wanted. And so that's what he he has done when he comes to us. And he offers us peace. There's a passage that I'm going to share, and you can follow along with it if you would like. But I think it captures everything that I'm going to try to say this morning. Luke chapter 7, Jesus uh, has this occasion uh, that, that takes place. He was at the house of one of the Pharisees. They had asked him to come and dine with him. And so Jesus went to the house, and he sat down to eat. Now, when he sat down, there was a woman in the city, the scriptures say, who was a sinner. But she knew that Jesus was at the table in this Pharisee's house. So she brought an alabaster, beautiful box of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. She kissed his feet, and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now, when the Pharisee, let's let's put a little commentary there. The Pharisee, the agitator, an instigator, an arguer, a troublemaker. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him, saw this, he spoke to himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. Obviously, another footnote, that man was not a maker of peace. That Pharisee could not calm the troubled that he was seeing. He was not that way. He didn't have it in his heart. But thank goodness, it's not up to the Pharisees. It's not up to people who are agitators to bring us peace. Just because they exist doesn't mean that they can keep peace from us, nor does it mean that we can't bring peace to those around us. Thank goodness, Jesus Christ was sitting there. And thank goodness, unbeknownst to the Pharisee, Jesus did know what kind of woman it was, and he did know his, his thoughts. And he said, Simon, the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. And so he said, teacher, well, then say it. He said, there was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50 denarii. When each of them really had nothing to repay, he freely forgave them both. Now tell me, Simon, which one do you suppose would love him the most? Simon answered and said, well, I suppose the one whom he forgave the most. And he said, you have rightly judged, Simon. Then he turned to the woman and he said to Simon, as he was looking at the woman, he was speaking to Simon, and I, I visualized that. Sometimes we just have to turn our back on what we don't enjoy. And in that, it says specifically, he turned to the woman, looking at the woman, but his back was to Simon. But he was still speaking. And he said, Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss of course not he was not a peacemaker why would he but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in you did not anoint my head with oil but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil therefore Simon I say to you her sins which are many are forgiven for she loved much but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, the woman. And I still, in my mind, the imagery in the tapestry and the canvas that I see is, he had never taken his eyes off that woman as he was speaking to Simon about her. But then when he had finished speaking to Simon, he said to the woman, Your sins are. Are forgiven. Those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, Well, who is this that even forgives sins? And he continued by saying to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. He was a maker of peace for that woman. Not just that woman, he was a maker of peace for me and for you. That's what he does. You know, the woman came. She had no peace. She knew she was a sinner. So that means that her heart was burdened, entangled in grief of how her life was. She had no joy, obviously, because everyone knew that she was a sinner. Therefore, she had no relief until she was forgiven, not by simon the Pharisee, but by Jesus Christ. Now, while we could emphasize and look at more deeply the forgiveness that Jesus Christ offers, I want to look at how he is a maker of peace to people. And when we think about that, if we stop there, we think, oh, that was, I'm going to remember that story. I'm I'm going to think about, no, there's one more point that I want to make this morning. As the Father is, and as the Son is, so shall shall the children of God be. Now, let's look at that. In other words, we're we're not now in history. We're now in present day. If God is a maker of peace, and he comes to us before we went to him, and if Jesus Christ is a maker of peace, and does all these things that we read about in the gospel, then what Jesus says in the Beatitude, blessed are the makers of peace, because they will be called the children of God. Now, why would he say that? Because he was the Son of God, and he was carrying out what his heavenly Father wanted. And likewise, if we think or imagine or proclaim that we are children of God then it will be without question that we are makers of peace. In other words, we bring peace to the troubled around us. We don't cause trouble. We don't instigate trouble. We don't cause confusion. But we bring peace. The scriptures early on in the psalm says this, David wrote, Psalm 34, depart from evil and do good, seek peace and pursue it. It is something that does maybe not come naturally, but if we are going to be the children of God, whether it's natural or not, we will pursue it and we will find it. In fact, John writes about that in John 1. He kind of describes this. You see, peace, mercy, forgiveness doesn't come from us. It comes from our relationship with God. It comes from us being, as he told Nicodemus, you've got to be born again. And so what John wrote, he says, as many as received Jesus Christ, to them he gave the right to become Children of God. We have that opportunity. But in choosing to become a child of God, we must understand also that we must learn how to be makers of peace everywhere. I got a bad neighbor. No, I really don't. I'm sorry. I don't. I'm imagining I have a bad neighbor. I have to learn how to make peace. Why? Because my Lord would and my Heavenly Father would. If I have someone on the job that is just tough and they are an agitator, I have to learn how. By looking at how Jesus did it. By looking at what God was willing to do. I have to learn How to be a maker of peace rather than not. In fact, that's the question that I begin to cinch this down. Do we do the same in our daily lives? Jesus is saying here that there is a blessedness to us or there is a bliss in doing that. Now, it's twofold. One is there is a blessedness because Everyone likes calm waters. Everyone likes to have calmness. But the other blessing is, if we're able to bring calmness to those who are troubled around us, I think the angels say, they're children of God. They're the children of God. Why? Because they saw God do it. They saw Jesus Christ leave heaven and make peace and bring peace to mankind. In fact, what Jesus says to his disciples, he says, "Whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother, he's my sister, my my mother." So Jesus understands and you know that there is this relation that you know, we can't Proclaim or testify that we are part of the family of God or we're a child of God and yet not be like God. Jesus says, If we are, then we are like Him. He is the Son. And we become adopted and we become joint heirs. But along with that heir, there is a responsibility, and that's what Jesus Christ is pointing out here. We must in our everyday life, be makers of peace. Jesus told his disciples toward the end of his ministry, he said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. And I take that, that's how I learn, how I can learn to be a maker of peace. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither Let it be afraid. And I think that's a good, let me go down to the the next footnote. That's a good question. Do you calm those who are troubled? Do you bring peace to them? Do you calm those who are afraid of whatever's going on in their life? Do you calm them? Or do you agitate them? Jesus says, these things I've spoken to you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Tribulation, trials, testiness, that kind of smacks of something that I would like to say. If we have the characteristics of the world, we're going to be troublesome to people. Is that all right? That seems right to me. We're not bringing peace. We're bringing all kinds of confusion. Well, that's not, the Lord, that's not the peace that the Lord leaves us. In fact, that should be what we look to do, try to do, try to understand how to do it, how to bring peace to the trouble, to those who are afraid and those who are on trials. Paul wrote about, writes about this very thing when he says in Romans 12, He says, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men, with everyone. But the phrase there in that particular scripture, I think the the pivot phrase is, as much as depends on you. In other words, each of us have the reins and have the ability to be a peacemaker. It's just, do we want to? Uh, the scriptures tell us, in fact, the writer of Hebrews says, pursue peace with all people. That means everybody. Uh, which, without which no one will see the Lord. In other words, if we don't try to be peacemakers, makers of peace with everyone in our lives Will I see the Lord? He says no. And also, Jesus says, you're not a child of God. A child of God is one. The Son of God was a maker of peace. God was a maker of peace. And he's saying that anyone who follows me also should be a maker of peace. And there's a blessedness to it. In one, you will feel better that you're doing what God's will is in your life. But secondly, you will be called by all of creation a child of God. I like that. Writer of James, who's the pastor of the church at Jerusalem, First Church, writes this. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Now, it's very easy to understand, really. You, you don't get okra from tomato plants, Right? And you don't get apples from a pear tree. And you can't have righteousness in your life without peace in your heart. And you're not going to see good returns by those around you if you don't plant and nurture and tend peace for those around you. Calming the waters. Finally, of Hebrews says this now may the God of peace and I like this because it's very in may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead make you complete each of us in every good work to do his will working in you what is well pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ in other words in other words God sent Christ as a maker of peace. Jesus Christ was a maker of peace, and he is our example on how to make peace with those around us. And the writer continues and says, and he came and preached peace to you all who were either afar or near. So, final question. Elephant in the room begs the question. Are we makers of peace? Are we the source of peace for those around us? Or are we the source of agitation? Are we obstinate? Are we a troublemaker? Do we calm the waters or do we stir them up? That's a good question that we have to ask if we're going to seriously endeavor in the Beatitudes, and particularly this one. Do we calm the waters in others around us, or do we trouble the waters with the way we listen? We need to listen again in closing to the words of the Lord as he looked at the multitude. And he didn't speak these, according to the language, to the multitude. That will come later in the Sermon on the Mount. He spoke them directly to the disciples. And he said, you must be makers of peace. Why? Because that's what people need. They need peace in their lives. So, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of god let's pray father we thank you this morning for the time that we can reflect ponder and lord if need be implement in our lives what you have provided for us through word and example of our lord but also what pleases you i pray today lord that we would learn that it is not a skill nor are our, our, our lives to be judged by simply those around us, what people think. But Lord, we have to understand, may we understand, that you look at our hearts, you look at what we do, who we are, what we do, and what we leave behind us, and try to guide us, teach us how to be like you and how to be like our Lord as makers of peace. Guide us and we'll give you thanks for that. And thank you for allowing us to have a blessing in doing so. In our Lord's name we pray, amen. Let's stand this morning as we come to a close. One verse, it's a verse that you can pray where you are, pray in your pew or come forward and pray. Whatever kind of peace you need, you can find it in God because again, he is, he is a maker of peace. So is the Lord. But if you would like to be like that, then pray that God would imprint on your heart and mind how important it is, as Jesus pointed out, to be a maker of peace for those who are troubled around us. As we sing. We sing one verse this morning as we sing.